You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Been a couple weeks since we've been on. Friday, May 14th. Things are starting to heat up. Michael, welcome back. How you doing today, pal? Dude, I'm frigid. No, I'm kidding. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm getting acclimated to the weather here in the Northeast. I, I lost my, my tan already. It's not 90 degrees anymore, but I can't complain. I got to tell you, that was a great three months away from, uh, from what we experienced here. Um, I commend you on your decision getting that you know what out of here sure it was great but i gotta tell you plot looking outside 75 today you and i are hopefully playing golf very soon possibly next week we got that in the cards we got baseball and guess what's coming off we got some masks coming off uh you know things are starting to normalize a little bit plat what was your take on coming back and seeing some of uh the shenanigans that you probably didn't see in florida well, I mean, the, the biggest difference with coming back up here is that, like, people are walking around outside with masks on. And that, to me, was like, let alone, you know, people are in restaurants and bars and indoors and partying in Florida, like, nothing's going on. But then to see walking around here, people with masks on outdoors, I know you're a fan of that because of all the reasons that we've talked about on our group text. But I drove, I drove back up here from Florida, and as you started to progressively go north, each state, you can see there were more and more and more masks um, when I was at Maney's in North Carolina, not so much. It was chill. It was quiet. Uh, had such a great time with Stevie Boy. And uh, just a different world up here. But I'm happy to be back. I'm happy summer is here. I'm pumped that the Knicks are in the playoffs. The Yankees are rebounding. The Mets are in first place. We got football. Like We got a lot of good things going on right now. Yeah, no, you hit it on the head. So, Platt, we got New York baseball, New York playoff basketball, all teams are relevant. Doesn't last long. Going to really enjoy it. And let's start with the Yanks. Platt, I'm really happy what I'm seeing with our horse, Garrett Cole. We're not used to playing in one nothing games. We don't want to turn into a DeGrom situation over in Queens. But the Yanks got hot when they needed to, Platt. A lot of people were starting to doubt. Talking trades. We don't have Voight. Now we got him back. Gardner is the usual Gardner. Me and you can rip him today. But I got to tell you, with Cole, it's nice, but Kluber's really looking good too lately. And with the O's not really having a professional team, we should sweep this minor league team down in Camden Yards. And I'm feeling really good about this, Platt. And you know what? I don't think Boston or Toronto is going to hang with us all year. They got off to a quick start. What are you going to do? But I'm happy with what I'm seeing with the Bombers. Yeah, I mean, this is a marathon, not a sprint when it comes to the Major League Baseball season. The Yankees haven't played very good baseball, let's be honest. They've been playing better recently. They're not getting any hitting out of their 5-9 through nine in the lineup. Their pitching's been good. Cole's been amazing. Chapman's looked great so far. Stanton had his run of, 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 of a hot streak. Judge is starting to get hot now. Glaber's been pretty cold. Sanchez has been cold. They're, they're not playing at peak Yankee baseball, and they're still, what, two games out of first place. So you feel good about this over the long haul of the season, and I know everybody hit the panic alarm a few weeks ago. That said, they still have work to do, and you're seeing it, you know, I'm not shifting gears, but the Dodgers have been a mess lately, so the good thing about baseball is you got to get hot at the right time, and you got to be playing your best baseball going into the playoffs, and there's plenty of time before that. 
And I will say, like, I mean, the expectations around here are sometimes just out of control high. You can't expect one through nine all to be hot at the same time. So the fact that we have our lineup is built for that reason. Only a few guys are going to be hot at a certain time. You can't ask for the big bombers to hit home runs together every night. They're going to pick each other up. That's the way the team's built. Is it all eggs in one basket sometimes? Yeah, and that's good. You, you see that in the playoffs, that that way of building a team is completely exposed. However, right now we're in a good situation. We, we, we overcame that little slump where people were starting to freak out. Um, it's not Boone's fault. We got a little COVID to deal with right now. Torres is having his worst year. That's only, to me, that good things are going to come. And it's starting to get warm out. Things are uh, cr- uh, the crowds are back. These players desperately want the fans in the stands. So I think with this little road trip with Baltimore and Texas, I expect the Yankees to be in first place in about four or five days. And um, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm <laughs> if I'm gonna really you know pick at anything with the team right now as far as position goes, it's tough to keep Hishigawa. Um, Higgy out of the catcher position. It's very tough. When, when when Sanchez is not doing anything at the plate, he's obviously a liability at the field. Um, we've hit on this before, but obviously Higgy is now Cole's personal catcher. And a personal catcher usually, Platt, when I think in the day back, you know, Charlie O'Brien for the Mets, Eddie Perez for the Braves, they didn't expect to even bat 100. You know what I mean? So... Having this problem is not a bad problem to have when your personal backup catcher is hitting. So this team has really, except for Gardner when he's in, because Frazier's doing okay, although he started out slow, this team does not have a weak spot offensively. It really just comes down to playing better defense. Gardner's bat is hor- uh, it's horrific, Platt, and I know we're on the same page with this, but what is he doing out there? I don't know. And I to, to, to zero in on what you're talking about with the catching situation, Yeah. at, at what point are the Yankees going to say that Gary Sanchez is not our starting catcher? Because he's had a, a lot, you know, what, four or five years now in the league. And the first year, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he was Danny Pasqua, but it was, a, it was an anomaly at this point. And yep. he was an all-star one other time. But he is who he is at this point. Like he's a 240 hitter. He might hit 20 home runs. He's going to make some hellacious plays behind the plate. He's not. He should not be their starting catcher anymore. I hate to say it. Everybody's waiting for that moment for him. But it's like this is who he is. He's a, he's a 240, 250 hitter. He's and that's just, actually not. And that's actually in this day and age, Platt, where the strikeout. I saw a team win the other night, and they had a bunch of hits, and they struck out 16 times. I mean, it's just a different game. So you're right, Platt. He is what he is. And guess what? It's not the worst thing if, you know, if we got a guy that could do better or just keep him and accept who he is. He's, you know, right now he's a, you know, Yankee fans love him because sometimes he gives us those moments of hope. But guess what? He's at the catcher position. All right. He's not Thurman Munson and he's definitely not Pudge. And it, we're not looking to have a, a, a catcher win the batting title. Doesn't happen. So let's just say, all right, this is it. Sanchez and Higgy, I think we're in a good situation. Like if we put it this way, Platt, if we traded him and he goes to Pittsburgh, no one hears of him ever, and he has better stats, he's just playing with no pressure, and that's fine. 
But if he wants to stay here and win a World Series, he's not going to get a big contract. He has to understand that. His agent, you know, the Dodgers might be able to pay him because they can pay anybody. But when it comes down to it, Sanchez is who he is. I think you said it right. Like 230 is not the worst thing in 2021 baseball. It isn't. No, it's not. And I heard an analyst talking the other day saying how much the game's changed that now like there's so many more strikeouts every year because players aren't they used to be embarrassed to strike out nowadays it's not that it's a badge of honor but it happens and it happens often so players don't care as much and sanchez falls right into that issue and that predicament and as long as we don't think he's going to be a perennial all-star and hit 320 with 40 homers and have 120 rbis and play great defense as long as you just said he's going to hit 250 with 20 homers and 80 ribbies and he's going to be okay behind the plate as long as he's splitting time with Higgy or he's the backup I'm okay with that but for everybody to have this thought that all of a sudden he's going to turn it around and he's going to be the Gary Sanchez he was his rookie year that's not happening the, yeah that dream is over yeah exactly DiMaggio uh, struck out the, the most he ever struck out in one season was 39 times that was his rookie year that's just Think a side note that. for laughter Platt our infield without Torres is interesting because you have you have Urshela, who's just I, I don't want to see him leave third base for a long time, so that's in place. If Void comes back, and I heard he's ripping it up uh, in Double A, um, you have him at first. That should be just you know in stone. Lemayhu, second base in stone. The shortstop position plot with him being very um, inconsistent. At shortstop. By the way, he makes great athletic plays. The plays he messes up is the one right to him, and he's yeah. got to think. You know, you know that throw where you're just sitting there, and you're just like, okay, and that's when you screw it up. Like you know, Mackie Sasser couldn't throw to the fucking pitcher. <laughs> well, you know, in the playoffs, Platt, that that is just in under a magnifying glass. Yeah, but I, I think of Chuck Knobloch, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> exactly. That's a great one. And you know what? It's just like that's really the only position defensively. Like you have Judge and you have Hicks. It, it, the left field is is probably as equal as a you know a circus. But I don't know what to say about the Torres situation because if Stanton is going to do this, there's no way you're taking him out of DH. It's it, so if Torres de- de- decides to you know, be irrelevant at the plate, and then you have him playing shortstop like he's like he's in high school, that, that's my only worry uh, on this team defensively. I could deal with Guardy and Frazier in left field. Um, you know, obviously none of them, neither one of them can, you know, a Frazier dominates the, the, the lineup card, but, you know, I don't see either of them taking that job and cementing them in that position. I think but the I, only I, question mark defensively is short. I feel bad for Glaber because the Yankees put him in this position and he he was not he's not a shortstop. He should be playing second base and it's a problem because obviously LeMay is there with Boyd back now. I think we talked about this a few weeks back. I wish they would have got signed Didi in the offseason and traded Voigt while you could have got a lot for him as the major league home run leader last year. They, they put him in a tough spot. And since the second Glaber's got the shortstop and he's had to think about his defense, his numbers have gone down. I mean, do you remember how good of a hitter this guy was two years ago? He was that's spectacular. A great, that's, a, that's a great point, Platt. You, you, we almost got screwed by a great pickup by LeMahieu. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it's like Cashman made the, uh, I mean, the guy won a batting title. 
Yeah, that's okay. what I mean. Both both leagues. So it's like, all right, you made a great move, but what the hell we do with this kid? And shortstop's not the place, as you know, to just say, hey, go play short. <laughs> no, it's not. And and that's that's going to be a challenge. It's got to be the most demanding demanding position on the field, in my opinion. It is. You're 100% right. You know that from playing baseball your entire life. If, uh, in kindergarten it is, you know? So it, it's true. So yeah. um, I do – I'm like you. I kind of feel bad for him because all of a sudden you're – Nothing against second base, and I and I loved watching second basements growing up. I played there a lot, and it just it's a you know turning the double play, it's great. But guess what? You watch like Labor, and you watch a guy like Cano. No offense to them, but they don't put the same mental prep and the same physical prep into playing shortstop than second base. Mike, it's uh, it's just it's it's inevitable. It just doesn't require to put. The amount of, of of thought into your position, you're all about the bat, okay? Whether it's Cano or Glaber, you didn't even have to think about their defense, Platt. It was almost like, all right, shortstop, worry about him, and when, are, when is Cano batting? When is Torres batting? You don't think about him making like these plays at second base. It's just not a thought. LeMahieu does make some great plays, but we are only thinking of his bat, Platt. Yeah, you're right, and I think that they're in a tough spot with that because Glaber's so young, and he's, he was such a great hitter, and I think this whole playing shortstop and having to you know work on his defense has gotten in his head. I mean, look, the numbers are the numbers. His, he hasn't been the same hitter since they moved him to shortstop, and yes, part of it, they, they tried to say last year was because of a shortened season and COVID, and now he's gotten off to a slow start, and I know he's got COVID again, but like... He, he's not the same hitter at the plate, and they need to figure out. I don't know what they're going to do. They've put themselves in this no-win predicament now with him because he's not a shortstop. He's not a great defensive player, and his bat is suffering. So now it's like, what are you going to – like this is this is going to be a challenge for them to figure out. I don't know what they're going to do. Platt, what do you think Didi would get when he walked up to the plate as a Philly in, in the Bronx? What kind of ovation would that be? I think it's going to be pretty solid. I think Yankee fans <laughs> loved him. I mean, I mean, you know, it, and it's it's very easy to play hypothetical when you're a Yankee fan with our with our bank. But can you imagine? I mean, saying two years with the Phillies, yeah, we'll pay that, no problem. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely a breakdown on that with Cashman. I don't know what happened, but we've brought it up on this show, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. But you imagine Glaber at third and Didi at short. I mean. <laughs> Mayhu, I mean, anyway, it's just it. If we lost Didi to like, a, you know, get fifteen million a year for five years, I'd be like, good for Didi. But it was right. like a two-year deal, Platt down, and it wasn't like he went home. He went like an hour and forty-five minutes down the disgusting turnpike. Like that should have been, that, like you know what I mean. And you know what? I, I secretly root for Didi. He's one of those guys. Like when, like I'm gonna be rooting for Talkman in San Francisco because I know he's good, but there was just no room here. No, there was no room here and, and you wish him well. And speaking of players from the NL East, before we get to the Mets, Go. I have to, I, I've heard there, there's chatter out there that if the Washington nationals continue to be where they are, which is in last place, that a pitcher by the name of, you know, who Mr. No. Cy Young is going to be on available, and if the Yankees don't do everything in their power, and I'm I'm talking, I'll trade Glaber and another player in two seconds to get him. If they can get Scherzer, and they don't pull that trigger because of the tax ramifications, f you. I'm done. Like, figure I'm out a way to get Scherzer in a Yankee uniform. 
because that's World Series. And we've always right. said this on this show. Yeah, you can have a number one. Platt, the number two. And guess what the Dodgers did last year? They got Bauer. Yep. And he's the Cy Young winner, and he's the number three. So obviously, the Dodgers know what you need to win a ring. They just won a ring, and they still went and got the number three. We don't even have a number two. I know we're banking on Kluber. I know it. And he could be it, but we don't know. Guess what we do know? Exactly what you just said. Scherzer is a no-brainer. Yeah, and I know that people are going to be like, Yankees are buying it. Screw you guys. We haven't won in 11 years. We're trying to buy everything. It doesn't work that way. You need a good team, and you need a, a freaking stable full of horses. Right now, we have one horse. If we get two horses, we can play against the Dodgers, and it'll be a complete um, fair matchup. Bullpen, starters, lineup, one through nine. Bring it on. It would be... What we want to see, because I don't see anybody beating the Dodgers with three, and by the way, their fourth's not bad either, with three legit freaking studs against our one, and we're the yeah. X. No, it's not. And the Mets are going to run into the same problem. You know, DeGrom stays healthy, and DeGrom is next level. I mean, him and Cole are just out of this world right now with how they're pitching, and DeGrom's even a step above Cole, believe it or not, I think at least, and I say that as a Yankee fan. Yeah, no, he but, is. He is. But the Mets are going to run into the same thing, The Met, and I know they're in first place, and it's a great story, and I'm super happy for their fan base and ownership and what they're doing, but you know, in a seven-game series against the Dodgers, there's no shot they're winning that series. DeGrom can't pitch every day. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. no shot and, 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 yeah, and I'm glad you transitioned to the Mets plot because that's you brought up a great point. And, you know, injuries are part of the game, but hype, uh, if you look into what could happen in late June, they could have Carrasco and Syndergaard joining uh, a Lights Out DeGrom. He's been the best yes. pitcher in baseball for the past few years. Um, you have Stroman pitching very good. All of a sudden, this guy Parker, who's wearing 99, is – Playing is pitching great baseball. You got seven in a row for those guys out in Queens. I'm rooting for them just to see them, just to see the city and the atmosphere. It looks great. I love an owner that'll get on Twitter and say, you know, you guys having fun. It's a great story. Um, I always root for that. Subway Series was probably the, one of the greatest experiences of our lives uh, that our parents grew up watching. And you know what? I don't think they really had, I mean, the Phillies and Girardi, they're. they're they're solid, and they will be solid. And you got Harper, and you got Didi, and you got a, maybe one or two decent pitchers. But I got to tell you, the Braves are underachieving. They're yep. 17, 17 and 20, four games back. Mets haven't even played that great of baseball. They've won some really shitty games. And guess who's not hitting? The $350 million man. I mean, let's be honest. If you're in first place and Lindor's not hitting – you're a Met fan. You got to be happy right now in first place, okay? By a game and a half, whatever. But your best baseball is in the future. And guess what? You got Syndergaard and Carrasco that are that are dying to join this good staff. That's maybe mediocre now, but could be that staff. Platt. I'm not saying they're you know they're gonna say hey we'll take you down Dodgers, but Platt good good pitching beats good offense any day of the week. Especially in the NL, especially in the absolutely, NL. especially in the NL. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm I am so happy for the Met fan base and that the Mets are doing well, and Lindor will come around. And I think we talked about it earlier this year. 
you forget what it's like for a player to change cities, to change teams. Like these guys, you know this from playing sports growing up, are creatures of habit. And all of a sudden, you are in a new house, a rental. You have to, you have a new commute. You got a new locker room. You got a new trainer. You got a new, you got a new everything. And it's going to take some time. And he's got a lot of pressure on him. But I firmly believe that he will be fine. And he has got the right mentality and persona to handle New York. Everybody knows that. So yes, when he comes around and they do get Syndergaard back and they start to get healthy, they're going to be, no one's going to want to play them. I'll tell you that much. Well, I wouldn't. And by the way, speaking of fans and crowds, Platt, they can't wait to open up. I still call it Shea, but City Field (laughs) will be rocking. And guess what? I mean, selling out a 10% is pretty cool to do as of right now, and the Yanks are doing it, Mets will do it. But when DeGrom, you know, think of the old Dwight Gooden days, when DeGrom is pitching, especially this year, and you don't know how many more years you have of this left, Steve Cohen's going to be sitting there loving, and the Wilpons are going to be watching be like, holy shit, this is great. They are going to be loving a full house plat. I mean, I'm talking on a Wednesday night. When Degrom's pitching, this place, yeah. this place, he's, if he wins another Cy Young, all right, I don't care if he's one under a hundred games. This guy's going to Cooperstown, all right. That's unheard of, and this guy's not slowing down. He's throwing a hundred. I know you're not supposed to throw a hundred, and and just not never have an injury. So he's dealing with a, I think it's called called a lat injury, but um, they're they're, they're going to take him slow. We mentioned there in first, no rush back, let them rest. But this place, with the with Queens f- selling out, and the Yanks never want to play second fiddle, Platt, this town is gonna go nuts. And that takes us to our next topic, Platt. The Garden has playoffs again. I'll let you take the floor. I mean, just as a Nick fan, I am so happy that this team is where they are. They've let's be honest, they've overachieved. Like you, coach you of the know, year, Platt. He I I feel like he's Come on. gotta get it bags, but look at the Phoenix Suns. You gotta look at at the job Monty Williams has done out there. I don't I don't know it well enough. I'm not gonna shy away. I'll be honest. I, I'm, I watched, I'm biased. <laughs> I, I watched them last night. They are a fun team to watch and and you forget like they're the number one seed right now in the West. So I do Tim should it's going to be him and Monty Williams are going to get all the votes. I feel like Williams will probably end up winning coach of the year, but what Tibbs has done based on the talent, you got to remember the Suns also have a lot of talent out there. Devin Booker is one of the best players in the league, and no one talks about him. And you got Chris Paul. Except when he's with his girlfriend, Kardashian. That's, he's better <laughs> known for that. He's a tremendous player. they got a lot of talent out there. But what, what Tibbs has done with the Knicks and how they've overachieved and how they play defense for him every game, no one's going to want to play this team come playoffs. I just really hope and pray that they get the fourth slot and, they, and they're playing Atlanta first round because it's going to really be un, unfortunate for that team if they have to go deal with Milwaukee first round. That'll suck, Nets. dude. It will. It will suck. But I got to tell you, like, no one's going to want to play them. And Randall is just – I'm shocked at how good of a ball player he's become. I thought he was going to be another one of these guys. Like I think Shaq called him Zach Randolph the other night by accident. I thought it was going to be another <laughs> Zach Randolph situation. He reminds me of Randolph, le- big he, lefty. <laughs> he does. Uh, he, he definitely does. M- but like, much better body and more athletic, but yeah. Yeah, but he's – I mean, Tibbs has turned him into a great player. R.J. Barrett's flourishing under him. 
you know, again, you don't look at this team one through 10 or one through 11 and say, wow, they scare the hell out of you. But they bring it every night. They play great defense. They're, they came back from 17 down. Yes, I know they played the Spurs last night. But that was an impressive victory. Who cares? And, Seventeen plot. That's impressive. That means you're, you're. I mean, you're really fighting to the end because that's a big. That's a big deficit on a on a week night. Yeah, and I, I love the press they're getting. And let's see. You know, imagine what would happen if the Nets played the next first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> and, 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 and you know what's funny? You mentioned the Suns, and the only reason um, I haven't really paid attention to the West yet is because. I, I've had the Nets penciled into the to the finals, um, for, I would say, for about two months. So, uh, to me, um, you know, I'm rooting for the Knicks to get as, for, to get one playoff series. I, I know it's a lot to ask with this young group, but that would really be so awesome, especially for the Garden. It and you know, you, you know what would be really good for it? I'm always thinking ahead with this team because I guess you have to. Is that free agents, Platt, will see that this shit's this shit's different now. All right? These young kids want to play for Tibbs. They want to play in front of fans in the garden. I know they do. I know it, the mystique is still there. We just got to freaking grab it and pull it out like a freaking weed. It's there. But if the free agents, because, you know, you know the word on the street is no one but wants to play for the fucking Knicks right now. You know what I mean? And, and unfortunately... What it's going to take to get us to get the franchise out of this is a season like and getting a year of a year of playoff year of playoff experience playoff experience of experience under experience under their belt even if they get swept or lose in the first round I think will be tremendously impactful for the youth on this team to be able to go to the playoffs it's a thing we talked about between the Pistons and the Celtics and the Bulls. Growing up, they all had to get past and get to that next level. This is step one for the Knicks. And this is a long-term play. And, you know, two, three, four years, hopefully they're they're fighting for a, a two or a one seed in the East. And that's the difference between them and the Nets is that they're building this up slowly. They're doing it right. They did it through the draft. They brought Randall in. The Nets just went out and, and pulled a pseudo-Yankees move and got the three top three of the top seven players in the NBA on one team. And kudos to them for doing it, but they traded the future. So, like, they've got a, a short runway here to win hopefully two titles if you're a Nets fan at least. Uh, but, very you short. Know, very, very, very short window. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they got a short window. But, I mean, as a Nick fan, I'm – Super pumped to be where they are. I never thought, like, growing up that I'd be pumped that the Knicks just made the playoffs. But, you know, right now, <laughs> you got you to gotta so, be happy about it. It's so true. Now, now getting to the Nets, plot. here you go, Manny. Getting to the Nets, you basically got three studs, like you said, top top three and seven or ten. Platt, seeing them on the, uh, on, the court, uh, on the court at the same time, I think they're five and two, seven games. I can't remember the last time I saw them on the court. Um, I want to say it's over two months ago. I don't think it's as big deal as everybody thinks it may be because somebody brought up a great point and I'll verbally plagiarize them and, and, and he's dead on, right? Harden has become a guy where he actually is making players around him better. It's his complete uh, best thing I've seen from him or any player this year that I've watched. You know, LeBron does it too, but Harden legitimately makes every player around him. Um, Westbrook's doing it this year, but the triple doubles, I mean, I, I know the rebounding part of a triple double is nothing these days because guys are getting rebounds without jumping. 
but Platt, Irving, and KD are just, they're just pure, prolific scorers. And I'm not going to denounce or, or say anything negative about their game. They are so good at what, what they do. But they're really just about the stat, the, about putting up those numbers because that's what they do. They're scorers. But with Harden on the floor, people may be worried about having them three together. I really don't think so. I don't think Harden gives a shit about what he scores. I think he's going to play his game, what he's doing. Those, he's First of all, I've never seen someone really be able to guard him this year. He's throwing up alley out of control. And if you put if you put Durant on a cold night and you got Irving and Harden, vice versa, Platt, Harden having a good night running the team. You got three or four role players on the Nets that surprise me every time I watch them. I'm like, who the hell is that? And then, you know, if if Irving's off and Durant's on, you you can still win it all. If all three of them are playing good, I think it's a 125-100 route. And if Durant's off and Irving's on, it just doesn't matter. So I don't think they're going to lose. I just look at the whole league as who's playing the Nets in the finals. It's pretty cool. Say what you want to say. If a championship happens, it's going to be real really cool especially for uh for the city <laughs> as you said there might not be uh as as big as a parade there would be in the canyon of heroes but hey this will bring a lot of attention to not only uh the league but this area that three superstars were able to do it together on a different level because bosh wade and lebron might have been the first Super 3, but this is, like, over the top, you yeah. know. I, okay. I give, if they lose, it's almost, like, embarrassing. I right? give I give the Nets' brain trust a lot of credit because they've... Hello? They, they identified Harden, and they basically were able to say that he's going to be able to be a point guard in this offense and not be selfish and spread the wealth around and be a legitimate point guard all right Platt. hey listen good show today little technical difficulties but uh we got it done um look forward to a great sports weekend playoffs gonna start heating up and when we, when it really starts to heat up we'll get into some hockey Platt, because unfortunately the rangers aren't in it and you know we'll follow a little bit of the islander series but i'm looking forward to the next definitely couple months and it should be fun good times ahead buddy all right buddy have a good one you too